I'm ready when you are. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. Ryan, we're starting. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report. So, we got a trailer for Captain Marvel. It's the first, well, legitimate look outside of the Entertainment Weekly photos. And we're going to break that down for you shortly here. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Drew, and along with me is Peter. Hi, everybody. And we are one guy short tonight. We had to do a little bit of a scheduling change. Uh, you know, life happens and meetings come up for day jobs and that kind of thing. So... Uh, Ryan is not with us this evening. He's our silent, silent partner tonight. So Peter and I are going to talk some stuff. Before we get into any news, uh, are you watching anything this week or has your week just been too busy? (laughs) Pretty much too busy. Um, I watched a couple uh, video game movies just to refresh my memory for my list, but nothing substantial. Yeah, I, um, (laughs) I unfortunately did not have the time to watch the movie that I, I know wanted you said to get you in. to watch Assassin's Creed. I did. And we'll get into that a little bit later. I did not get a chance to. I've heard it's not the greatest, but I'm a big fan of those games. So oh, we'll, interesting. We'll, I'll bring that up because yeah. that's, I'll bring that up later when we get to the list. A couple more late, like a couple years from now, we might revisit this list too. So maybe you can include it. Well, time. that's the brilliance of all these lists is I, you know, we did the Spielberg uh, episode. Spielberg hopefully has still got some more movies in him and we may have to revisit that list or, yeah. you know, I mean, 2003 is unfortunately kind of locked because no more movies are coming out for 2003. <laughs> but ideally, like, we could revisit right. almost any list. So, mm-hmm. um, I, like I said, I didn't have time to watch the movie I wanted, but I Shameless started back up. Oh, nice. Um, I never really watched that show, but over the summer I binged <laughs> all eight seasons cool. to get caught up. And here we are in the final, like, I don't know if it's the final season, but if mm-hmm. you watch the show... Emily Rosam said this is her final season and she's leaving. Oh, wow. So are they going to kill her off? Are they just going to have her leave town? I don't know. But it scares me to think that if the le- one of the big draws to the show, like the lead actress, yeah. she will cause the show to be on its final legs and this could very well be the last season. Probably. There's no announcement, but stuff like that can happen. and you know, maybe, so. maybe she'll be replacing Rick on The Walking Dead. <laughs> this is his last season, too. <laughs> Spoiler, it's a crossover. <laughs> no, the, uh, but the first two episodes were pretty solid, so I look forward to nice. seeing it. However, I have been binging the show, mm-hmm. so watching it week to week has been kind of weird. And to not immediately turn on the next episode. Yeah, so. that's what uh, I did. That when Lost was airing, I binged like the first four or five seasons, and then season six I was watching with everybody else. And I just prefer prefer binging so much. But right on. Uh, I didn't really read anything either. Oh no, I did. Um, not that I did, but uh, I was finishing because I've been so hyped up about Ready Player One. Yeah, I reread Ready Player One. Oh, cool. Because I read it years ago before a movie was even a concept, and then I found out about the movie, and I got really excited. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen the movie like 17, 20 times. <laughs> I decided to reread the book, and I read through it pretty quick, but there's drastic differences. Really? And I feel the movie did such a great job with the book. However, there's some aspects of the book that I don't think were handled the way they could have been. Like, okay. 
Did you read the book? No, yeah, I haven't, I haven't okay. read it. So the Oasis in the movie looks like a video game. It just I mean, it looks like a virtual world that we live in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, due to overcrowding and everyone just uses the Oasis as escapism. What the book does with the Oasis is the Oasis is more of a virtual world we live in because there is no legitimate world to live in. Mm-hmm. Like because of the overcrowding and because of the horrible oh, things going right. on in the with the environment and all that stuff – they use the Oasis as an actual place to be. So, like, yeah, you go to your day job, but then when you get home, you log into the Oasis, and that's where you spend your time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to go shopping for groceries, you'd log into the Oasis, and you'd go to the grocery store, and then after you place your order, it all gets delivered to your house. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something they didn't touch on in the movie so the movie looks more like a glorified video game than a lifestyle okay so So does uh essentially in the book would pretty much the whole planet kind of resemble the stacks where it's like kind of this multi-level shanty town trailer park in a way in a way they talk they talk about that and it's different depending on where you live in terms of close to you like because when you the closer you live to like the major cities it's not like that Right, because okay. the major cities kind of stayed the way they were, but it's the you know, so it kind of all depends. But they the way they handle the real world versus the oasis, the virtual world anyway. Mm-hmm. I just thought the movie didn't do the best way of explaining that. Okay, where it's there, it's visually there. It's just not as explained. I thought as well. So okay, it does not Interesting. change my opinion of the movie. It's still probably <laughs> one of my favorite movies of the year. If I were to do the list again right now for 2018, it would still make my top five. So nice. we'll see how it goes. But I mean, I still love the movie. Mm-hmm. It for sure totally changed changed my way of thinking in terms of how the how movies should be viewed. Nice, you know. So that's yeah. Um, however, let's uh, since we talked some TV and movies and stuff. Uh, let's move into the news real quick. Sounds great. Um, the Emmys were last night. Yeah. Did you watch were. them? I didn't watch them. I, uh, I actually saw that they were last night. And then t- this morning I looked up a list of the winners and nominees and it just felt like returning to school after the summer and you haven't done your summer reading and you just don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, I feel like I haven't watched a lot of I feel like any that's how everyone reacts shows. to the Oscar nominees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, with the <laughs> Emmys, I so I watch, I always watch the Oscars, I always watch the Emmys, and that's pretty much about it. I sneak in the Golden Globes. I try to because they're kind of usually an indicator of the Oscars, because the Golden Globes encompasses both television and film. Yeah. And then Emmys is just television, Oscars is just movies. So, uh, the Emmys being last night, I'm always surprised that I actually watch way more of the television that gets nominated than I think I do. Okay. I'm always like, oh, I watch all these superhero shows on the CW that don't win awards for the right. Emmys. And then I never think to myself, oh, I am actually watching all the big major shows. Yeah. Um, so like uh, I just watched, got watched, got done watching Barry on HBO. Okay. Um, great show. Uh, Bill Hader was great. Henry Winkler was great. Uh, the show as a whole is. I felt the show wasn't entirely sure what it was. Is it a comedy? Is it a thriller? Is it there's like this weird cross between? So it becomes all this like dark comedy. But the show got nominated for best show, best drama. Mm-hmm. It also got nominated for best leading actor, best supporting actor, which it won both of those. So, you know, it was nice to 
say, oh, I took a shot on a show and it turned out to be one of the best of the year oh, yeah. in terms of critics, reviews, and that kind of thing. So Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I saw some, like, I've watched uh, uh, Stranger Things, of course, and I mentioned The Sinner a couple episodes back. I saw that was nominated for a few of them. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, by and large, I felt like I was just missing out on a lot of the TV right. shows. Well, and, and, that's, and that's where uh, I know that you attempted to watch Game of Thrones and fell too far behind, which I know some of the audience is probably cringing. Like, how do you fall behind <laughs> on Game of Thrones? How is for that sure, physically yeah. possible? Um, but Game of Thrones won for Best Drama, mm-hmm. and Peter Dinklage got another Supporting Actor Emmy. So Game of Thrones, they're on top. Actually, Game of Thrones was nominated for 22 awards, and wins nine of the twenty-two. So, as far as I was concerned, Game of Thrones cleaned up as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the comedy side of things, you had marvelous Miss Maisel. Have you ever watched that show? No, you were uh, recommending it to me a couple episodes back. Holy though. cow, man! I you know I always feel that whether I'm talking to people offline or whether I'm talking to you on the show or like trying to hype up a movie uh, movie or a TV show for the listeners, I always feel like I'm overselling it. And you're going to go, wow, it's not as good as what <laughs> Drew thought it was. Yeah. The big thing is that this is a show I can't speak more highly of. Yeah. It's so charming. It's so funny. And, you know, but I, I really got into stand-up comedy for a while during the big comedy boom of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I watched so many stand-up comics. And... To see some of this history of comedy is awesome, and the sh- I I couldn't ask for a better show. Like everything in that show is great, from the script to the direction to the acting to the, you know it's just it's so good. Yeah. So the first season's only eight episodes, really easy to binge through. So if you get a chance, I highly recommend it. Nice. Yeah, I'll have um, to check it. That's out. That's on Amazon. So okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and season two is forthcoming. So yeah. Um, however, on the TV front, the DC app released yeah. uh, officially. Um, you've checked it out. I yes. have not had a chance to check it out yet. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so um, the app actually launched a, a few days early or became public a few days early. And uh, so right away, I was like, I got to sign up for it, got on the app, and I was a little disappointed because it didn't seem like it had as much as I was hoping. So, um, but. What I chalked That's probably that up. forthcoming though. Yeah, it's kind of what I chalked up to it. It was it was it really it opened up a few days early, so I think it was uh, still in its beta phase a little bit. So then I checked back over the weekend, and there was actually a lot more. They have um, most of the Batman movies on there, like the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman, Batman Returns, um, as well as all the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Um, it seems like they have... Uh, are the Batman Forever and the uh, We Don't Want to Mention It Batman I, and Robin <laughs> film on there? They might be on there. I haven't okay. seen them. Um, but then it also seems like they've added more comic books, which is one of the biggest reasons I'm interested in it. Um, so that's awesome. But then... Well, when you say added more comic books, are we talking like full runs of things? Are we talking like I could go start at like Batman... 331 and start reading and just issue by issue by issue or are we talking um, story arcs where I can say oh I want to read the Nightfall story arc right there on. it is I'm just reading Nightfall and when I get to the end oh. of it oh wait Nightfall 2 is right there or Night's Quest is right there and then Night's End and so on I, I can say that uh, they are separating everything by issue but um, I haven't had a chance to dive super deep into the comics I know when I first 
checked out the app, uh, there's a lot of just single issues of series. And I think it was kind of during the beta phase so people can test out the comic reader, let them know what they think of it. Checking the app again, it does look just in general like there's a lot more, but I haven't had a chance to really um, look at it closely to tell you like how much how long the runs exactly are that they oh. offer and stuff like okay. that. Well, that's cool. I mean, well, so I would think, so if I'm reading Batman mm -hmm. or Superman, whatever character I'm reading, and I pick up and I walk into the comic book store and I pick up the graphic novel for, let's say, Action Comics Volume Rebirth Volume 1. Yeah. So for those people that don't know comic books, a comic book issue is, what, 20 to 30 pages, give or take? Yeah. The writing? I feel like 22 is the average. 22 is the yeah. average. And then they release one issue of the comic every six months. Every month. So yes, every month yeah. you get one. So then like every six, you got like six issues, mm -hmm. right? Every six months. Yeah. A year you get 12 issues. So what they'll do is if the story arc that the writer is writing takes him six issues, they'll take those six issues, bind them together and release what yeah. everyone knows as the graphic novel is the common term. Yeah. So if I walk into the store and I pick up Action Comics Volume 1, the graphic novel, it's the first six issues of Action Comics Rebirth. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then I get volume two, which is the next six issues, and so on and so on. What I would think if DC, like, you could do issue by issue by issue by issue. Yeah. Or does DC say, hey, we have these stories that we're trying to tell, and instead of doing them just a random issue at a time, do we just put the graphic novel up for them to read? Right on. And then we move, like, so they're reading a story arc to story arc to story arc. You can still read them in a sequential order. It's still there. Right. So um, From what I've seen, it is still issue by issue, but I think when you finish the first issue of the series you're reading, it will direct you to the next available issue. Um, I know during the beta phase, a lot of people were disappointed because it would redirect you to more of a comicsology link, more or less, where you'd have to like pay for certain issues oh. when you ended the run. I haven't had a chance to really dive in to see if that's still the case. I'm hoping it's not, because I was kind of hoping this app would be kind of like the Marvel Unlimited so, and that's app And that's what I was DC. about to say, is the Marvel <laughs> Unlimited app is something that I... I really wish I had like an actual... I wish I owned... I. I'm one of those people in the world who doesn't own an iPad. Okay, yeah. So if I were to get the Marvel Unlimited, I'd have to read it on my phone. Yes. So it's a smaller picture and everything, and with comic books and the small bubble text and everything, that might be difficult to do on my phone. Exactly. So I've always bought, I've always preferred the actual comic book in my hand anyway. I'd rather have the pages to turn. That's one of the reasons I never jumped on this. But the Marvel Unlimited app is you pay 10 bucks a month and it's unlimited reading. You just start reading and you go. Mm -hmm. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, that's probably the best place to start for anyone wanting to jump into comics. I really was hoping that's one of the things DC was planning on doing. Yeah, and I actually think uh, next episode or the next few, I might be able to give you guys a better report. It's oh, right. Just, and that's yeah. that's something I, you know, I look forward to hearing yeah. because, you know, before I jump on it, I just haven't had a chance to look into it and everything. Uh -huh. So I will say where the app um, really shines, at least at this point, is uh, there's a lot of animated series on there. Like, if you want to watch pretty much most of the animated series from Batman the Animated Series through uh, Young Justice, like, it's, it's all on there. Justice League, Superman, Teen Titans, like, it's all there. And then it also includes uh, Super Friends and some random ones, like the Legion of Superheroes wow, and stuff. that so. far deep. So. And then even if on the animated film front, they also have 
not all of them, but they they have some old ones like Mask and the Mask of the Phantasm and uh, is it the Mystery of the Batwoman? Or yeah. Something? Okay. Yeah. Mystery of the Batwoman. And then um, Sub Zero. Sub Zero is not on that. So like not a ton of the old ones, but actually a lot of the new ones they have. So like oh, okay. Dark Knight Returns, Death of Superman, like a lot more of the newer ones. Oh, nice. Batman okay. Ninja and stuff like that. So all right, cool. Well, I look forward to hearing more of your uh, DC For sure. app updates as we yeah. go. Um, I'll be checking it out at some point. It's mm-hmm. just weird because I own so much of those things because I've yeah. been buying them as I go. I like having the physical copy. I love having the library in my house of looking at the shelf and everything's yeah. there. So uh, I think uh, it's also I think that app's going to really take off and get exciting once Titans and Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol comes out. Just to see their original programming. And then, of course, you got the Harley Quinn show, which nobody even knows what that's going to look like or what it's going to be, right. as well as Young Justice Outsiders, which I'm super hyped for. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Young <laughs> Justice looks fantastic. I loved the first two seasons of Young mm-hmm. Justice, so I wanted to see this new one anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, shift gears on the DC a little bit and Sounds shift good. over to Marvel because I think that's the big news. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. So I'm going to say right now this is technically a spoiler territory. I know there are people out here that consider trailers spoilers. I know we have a couple listeners that deem trailers as spoilers and any type of imaging spoilers. So I'd like to warn you right now that we are going to... Uh, talk about the trailer, but I want to be discreet and I want to talk about it in a way that I I think the best way to do it, Peter, is you and I watched the trailer. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the trailer as if we both know that we've seen it. So we shouldn't (laughs) be describing things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that that way it'll keep it vague. So if you don't want to skip over this segment, you can keep listening because we'll do our best to not say anything out of the ordinary um, that'll ruin something. Because... Like the part where Captain Marvel blanks that blank right in the blank. (laughs) Absolutely. That is a a perfect way of doing it. No, so how about this? From going forward, official spoiler warning, you've been warned. If you want to skip this part, if it's, it's very important to not listen to this, by all means, skip ahead a few minutes. And uh, we'll be on the uh, movie list in a moment because this is the end of our news. We're going to talk this and then mm-hmm. jump onto the, our list for the evening. So so here we go. <laughs> the trailer launches. I have an issue with the fact that Marvel, in my opinion, has never known how to make a trailer. Right. Okay. So to me, this was a trailer. Like when I watched it, I was like, well, it's a trailer. Do you mean that in a good way or a bad way? Kind of both. Okay. So Marvel, if you go back to Spider-Man Homecoming, they released the trailer that was sequential for the entire film (laughs) in order. All the images you saw were in sequential order. You could tell so by watching the trailer that it was in sequential order. And I felt in in that two minutes that I had seen the whole movie. Yeah. Okay. Marvel has a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Marvel releases a trailer for Thor Ragnarok, and Hulk was in the trailer for yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Prior to Thor Ragnarok's release, we had not seen the Hulk in one, two, three, at least five movies before Thor Ragnarok came out. So no one knew where the Hulk was. 
but they showed the Hulk in the trailer. That is a huge surprise. Like, that scene would have been amazing if I didn't know, but no, they put it in the trailer. So there's the argument of showing things too early, and then you're like, oh, you just, like, that would have been so much better if I saw it in the movie. Yeah. But I'm seeing it in the trailer now, so when I see it in the movie, it's not as a fun moment. And that's always bothered me about Marvel trailers. So they release Captain Marvel, and suddenly they didn't show anything. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's almost that like too. they heard all of our complaining about how they don't know how to make a trailer, and they gave us the vaguest trailer ever in the history of yeah. trailers. And that's kind of what I thought um, when I knew we were talking about this movie. I feel like, like the trailer wasn't very specific. No, there was nothing to have specific. a lot to say necessarily. Now, it was a teaser. And if you pay attention to trailer releases and how it works is they release a teaser to get you excited that the movie's coming. And Mm -hmm. then a couple months later, they'll release a full trailer, which will be like two to three minutes and it'll actually be story details. Yes. And that's usually where they spoil things. Yeah. (laughs) I am not one of those people on the internet who pauses. I'll watch the trailer and pause and scrutinize the background (laughs) and then post things online saying, how did this happen? I look at a trailer, I watch it the one time, I take my results, my my initial thoughts, and I go, wow, that was cool, and I try and dissect what I remember seeing. And then by the time I see the movie, hopefully I've forgotten some of those images. Yeah, that's I'm the same way. And even if it's, sometimes if it's a few weeks before the movie, I'll just avoid the trailers once. I try I and avoid all the TV it, spots so. because I feel like they're, they're showing way too much for the... But you have to understand, like, people like you and me... We're going in and we know everything. Not know everything, but we know enough because we're comic book fans. Mm-hmm. The non-reader, the average moviegoer, doesn't know these things, and so if that makes yeah. sense. The um, so I mean, the trailer opens and you get some shots of Captain Marvel looking like she does on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, and you're like, "Well, there's Captain Marvel." Mm-hmm. Um, we see now. If you, this is a bit of a spoiler. If you didn't know. The movie, actually, we've known this for a very long time because Marvel mentioned it, so it's, I don't think it's that big of a spoiler for me to say, but the movie takes place during the 90s. So this is kind of like, I guess the whole movie is going to be flashback, which is interesting to have it right here before Infinity War, but we need to know where Captain Marvel comes from before we you yeah. know, move forward with the Infinity War story. So in the 90s, we see a young Nick Fury. Yeah, for sure. I thought that was cool. <clears throat> we knew he was going to be in the movie, but we didn't know to what capacity. So that's cool that we see a young Nick Fury. There's you see a glimpse of the, but you I actually think you saw a young Nick Fury in the uh, Entertainment Weekly photos too. Yeah, that's why I wasn't super surprised when I saw. Right. Him well, we knew he was. They announced mm-hmm. long, long time ago when filming started that he was in the movie. So it's not some of this stuff isn't really spoilers if you've been if you actually like follow the internet yeah. news, you know some of these things. And uh, they do have that scene where Captain Marvel blanks that blank in the blank. <laughs> so you, you, know, you, know what I, you know what I was talking <laughs> yes. about. Um, That's one of my favorite parts of the trailer. I didn't even actually realize it happened at first, but then just reading various news outlets, it was kind of just a big topic for it's today. A, it's where a big everybody's topic for freaked today. out about this thing. And yeah, I yeah. mean, when you look into all that they're putting into this movie, this like really kind of off-putting part that they showed in the trailer is kind of easily explained when you think about things. Not only is it easily... It's easily explained if you know things. I feel like the average moviegoer would see that trailer and go, 
what just happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think they'd be very concerned. Mm-hmm. But those of us who read comic books or those of us who've been uh, diving into this world kind of know what that actually was. So to not spoil that, we won't talk about it. However, Did- here is something I do want to bring up. Okay. Which this could be a potential spoiler, what I'm about to say. But this is that thing where I do not work with Marvel. I have no ties to Marvel. All I do is read comic books and can speculate. I think I have an idea of what this movie is attempting to do for the post-Infinity War era. Okay. Okay, because we're going to watch Captain Marvel, and then we're going to watch Avengers 4, which is going to close the Infinity War story arc. But because of some of the images in that trailer, I think they're going to take... There's a story arc that Marvel did called Secret Invasion. Right. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to use Captain Marvel to sort of backdoor enter that story arc into their mythos so post-Infinity War Secret Invasion could very well become the next major thing they're doing with the movies. I think that's kind of cool. That's a cool way to... So... I think that's a fair way to go. If you're a non-reader and you don't know what Secret Invasion is, cool. I didn't spoil anything. If you are... If you are a reader... Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. I just, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just saw the trailer, and when I saw that part where Captain Marvel blanked the blank and the blank, <laughs> I realized, oh, yeah. look at that. You know, yes. so, and that's probably, and that I don't even think that scene was a spoiler. I just don't want to say it for people no. who don't want the movie. <laughs> I was going to say it, it uh, that part kind of brings me back to the uh, opening scene of Legion, if you've ever seen that movie. The one about, like, the angels versus the demons. Oh, yeah, I remember. It, I remember <laughs> Legion. <laughs> um, but then I was also going to mention uh, my other favorite part of the trailer is when um, Captain Mar- Marvel falls out of the blank right onto the blank. I thought that was pretty great, too. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you and I know. And I hope our listeners are thinking this is really funny. <laughs> um, but, no, so let me – overall, I thought the trailer was cool looking. Yeah, I, I was actually more excited about the trailer than what I had seen from the uh, from the pictures so far. Like, I thought it looked pretty cool, like, pretty exciting, so... I'm, yeah, no, I'm... Look, I was excited. Here's the thing. My butt's going to be in the seat regardless, mm-hmm. okay? And this one... Bring, okay, so I'm going to stop right here. Let's stop talking about the trailer. Spoiler yeah, sure. warning has been lifted, all right? I have, an, I have something I wanted to talk about because of this trailer. Yeah. Okay? We're moving into Avengers 4 territory. The previous Avengers movie, Affinity War, the box office was so high, I don't know anyone who hasn't seen this movie. And with that being said, does Marvel even need to market this next Affinity War, in, in the next piece of the Avengers series? Anything Marvel does. Marvel did not go to Comic-Con to keep quiet. They, Because I don't think... Like, Marvel doesn't need to market this movie. Yeah. If I never thought me. of it that way. So, they're, they have to market Captain Marvel because no one knows who Captain Marvel is. Well, no, not nobody, but, like, non-readers. Like, the layman, the, the average person yeah. doesn't know who Captain Marvel is. So, you got to market to them. Not people like you and me. We're going to go regardless. Oh, Marvel's got a new movie? I'm there. Yes. With Infinity War Part 2, or whatever the movie's going to be titled, they they know what they have in their hands. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm the one in charge of the trailer, 
This is the trailer that I. This is the trailer, and you tell me what you think about this. It's gonna. It's gonna take like two seconds. Okay. Okay. All you need to do is this. There is a very, very. There's a very iconic image of Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet book of him. He's kind of like. He's kind of hunched over, almost got that like football pose going on, like he's ready to take the tackle, mm-hmm. and he's got his hands up, like he's waving yon, and the word bubble over his head just says, "Come and get me." <laughs> so what you do is you take Josh Brolin in his Thanos costume, and you have him standing there, you get him into the pose, and he's like, "Come and get me," and then you flash the title, and that is the whole trailer. Yeah, that's it. You don't have to do anything. Because we're all going to go, that was amazing, holy crap, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I feel like they might do a variation of that where they'll have the the trailer starts, Avengers themes plays, Marvel logo comes up, a bunch of flashbacks to and dialogue from the first oh, right on. or yeah. movie, and then it all culminates in the climax of the come and get me shot you yeah. were just talking about. Yeah, you show just flashbacks, and then yeah. you show, like, you know, Captain America's all pissed off, and then you show... I like, think you know, that would be a good way to go. But that's all you need. You don't need to show anything, and honestly, yeah, okay, I've read the book, so I kind of know what we're go- dealing with, but I really want to go into this Infinity War Part 2 100% blind. Yes. I don't want Marvel to show anything. I want everything they do to be a surprise, because... We don't know how X-Men fits in yet. We don't know how Fantastic Four fits in yet with the Fox deal done. I want, and they've had to change enough stuff in that story because they didn't have the characters access that we walked into this movie with the, those of us readers kind of walked in knowing what we were getting into, but we had to like, we're along with the ride with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they're doing that. Okay, cool. Oh, we're there. Okay, cool. I get this. And here we are going, wow, I don't I don't want to know anything. Marvel, just keep quiet. Do your thing. You're going to own the world as soon as this movie releases. So, yeah. I mean, I think in general, I feel like Hollywood's, at least lately, has been doing good with putting out a trailer and not giving too much away. I don't, I think I might have praised... If I didn't do it on this podcast, I've done it a lot outside of the podcast. Praise the uh, Deadpool two trailers because they didn't give. Oh, Deadpool a lot two away. trailers didn't show anything. And, um, I mean, this summer the one movie I saw that a lot was given away, I think, was just Ant Man and the Wasp. Like, I think the trailer showed a lot. I think Ant Man and the, the Wasp. Movie. Yeah, they showed a lot. The other problem with Ant Man and the Wasp is I kept seeing the trailer. I saw a lot of movies, so like every oh, time yeah. I went to the theater, I'd see a trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> so by the time the movie came out, there was too much of the trailer that I had yeah. seen. Like I just had seen those images too many times. So when I was watching the movie, all I could think of was its connection to Infinity War because it had to follow Infinity War. And yeah. So maybe that's why I liked the first Ant Man better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think you're right. They don't have to really give anything away for this next. No, Infinity they just War. have to announce it's coming. Like they could just run that like "Come and Get Me" TV spot <laughs> over and over and over yeah. again, and it's going to take like two seconds. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, uh, when are the, when would you release a trailer for Infinity for the new Infinity War? I mean, it's, we're yeah. looking. We're we're looking at this. We got Captain Marvel got a teaser released now. In my opinion, the full trailer for Captain Marvel, the the story trailer, will release Thanksgiving. Okay, that'd be my guess. They'll do it on like they'll do it on Black Friday during a football game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or they'll do it. They'll do it. No, they'll do it on Thanksgiving during one of the football games. Yeah, and then the next trailer we'll get to see is 
we'll probably get a Captain Marvel TV spot during the Super Bowl because the tra- the movie will be out just there. But then during the Super Bowl, that'll be the big Marvel. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, the, you know what I mean? It. Like I, I don't expect. I don't know, but they don't have to market at all. Like they could just be like this. You know, Super Bowl is sponsored by Marvel Comics. <laughs> yeah. You know, Infinity War Part Two is coming. Sweet, that could be the trailer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could just be a little advertisement to sponsor the Super Bowl. Who knows? <laughs> it wouldn't matter because you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting on it. Like it's just too, it's too good where they're sitting in their little pocket. So, yeah. You know, and I'm really excited for it. I've I actually went back and I've very slowly rewatched all the Marvel films. So I've watched everything again. Nice. Uh, just for continuity's sake, and there's some connections that I saw, like, oh, wow, I didn't catch that the first time around, and I didn't see that, you know, so. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Did, I mean, any more thoughts before um, we move on? Not really. I just like that idea that they don't have to give anything away, so I just hope Marvel just pulls their punches, keeps everything close to their chest, right. and just doesn't. Put the other, the other thing that there. they've been really quiet about is a long time ago, I saw a slate of movie titles released for what comes after. And I don't know if it was legit from Marvel. So without knowing if that was a legit release from Marvel, it might not actually... We might be looking at going, I don't know where they're going after Infinity War. Mm -hmm. We know they're not done because they announced the Spider-Man sequel. There's a Guardians maybe sequel. And then there's a Black Panther sequel. There's a Doctor Strange sequel. Like everyone who had... We all saw... And we we, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably saw Infinity War... (laughs) Meaning all the characters that disappeared all had sequels. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we I just don't know what the goal is. We move into, you know, my guess would have been Secret Wars, but... Yeah, I mean, I didn't know as far as specific stories what they would do. I kind of expect a huge lineup change, but... Then, like you say, they have all these sequels planned out, so it's like, well, I guess they're still going to be working with Doctor Strange. Well, they'll still be working with Son of, but having a lineup change is not unheard of. I was expecting, like, a drastic lineup change after the next Avengers movie. Well, I'm expecting that, too. I think we all are. I think we're all expecting Tony Stark to die. I think we're all expecting Cap to die. If that's a spoiler to you, I'm kind of (laughs) surprised that you're not thinking that. Um, the, The other thing is... Uh, shoot, I think I... No, we have X-Men and Fantastic Four. Okay. We don't know what they're doing with the Fantastic Four yet, but what we do know is that we have two X-Men movies that were supposed to release this year. They got pushed back because of the sale, and do you know what the X-Men movies are are ready to do, are doing right now? Uh, I... Reshoot? They're doing reshoots. Yeah. So, Macy Williams, who plays Arya Stark on Game of Thrones, and Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark on Game of Thrones, were not at the Emmys last night. <laughs> they were off doing... Re- they were reshoots. off doing reshoots. That's crazy. So, at least that's what I thought. I'm like, why aren't they there? Oh, they're doing X-Men reshoots right now. So, yeah. that's really interesting to me because New Mutants... So, Dark Phoenix went into reshoots... And I was like, okay, that's cool. They're doing Dark Phoenix reshoots. It didn't dawn on me that it had anything to do with the Disney acquisition until recently. Yeah. And then I found out about the New Mutants reshoots, and I was like, wow. And that okay. makes me wonder what if uh, Disney's just not 
happy with how the movie is or do they want to tie it into the MCU and you know, I had heard I had heard the movies were coming out unaltered and then when I heard about the reshoots it makes me wonder if this is an ex- inclusive thing yeah. for the reshoots so I don't know um, I wish there was a but you know what in April so April March April May so Captain Marvel releases in March in April is D23, which is the Disney shareholders convention mm-hmm. where they make all their big announcements. And then in May, Avengers releases. Yeah. So I have a feeling if we didn't hear anything by D23, we're going to get some information on the slate of the Marvel movies at that mm-hmm. point. Hopefully some big information since they skipped Comic-Con. So Yeah. I kind of liked how, um, oh, what movie, what was, I think it was Captain Amer- America, the first Avenger, where at the very end they kind of teased the Avengers movie coming out did, i did not like that you didn't like that so here's was, here's why they had the trailer online for the avengers already okay. and it had been shown in theaters so when i went to see captain america the first avenger at the end in the bonus scene they have the scene where he's realizes he's in the present day yeah. or to him the future and then they cut the scene short to show a trailer that we knew <laughs> exists that we've already most of us yeah. have already seen they could have extended that scene and made that scene a better scene. Oh, that's fair enough. I think that's I, true. That, that, bugged, that bugged me so much because until we got to Captain America 2, I was like, well, this is what I wanted the whole time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I just think it would be kind of interesting following that same mindset if they didn't reveal anything about the future of the <clears throat> MCU past Infinity War 2. And they didn't kind of tease it until the end of that movie. Like, that could be crazy. Like, they tease the new lineup during the uh, credits or something. But everybody going in is just blind, has no idea. Oh, sure. I kind of wish movie studios would do that a little bit more. Like, don't release too much. Keep it close to your chest, so to speak. Well, I think think in the world of social media, we're kind of moving to that. Especially with Mm -hmm. Marvel being quiet. Now... Comic-Con, when Marvel didn't show up and they were being quiet about that, it it makes sense, you know. So they just came off of Infinity War. They don't want to talk to anybody. Like, we can't go to Comic-Con because we have nothing that we want to talk about. Right. You know, and they and they don't want to be asked questions that they can't answer yet <laughs> because they're trying to be quiet. Yeah. So, but how about this? Since we can't talk anymore about Marvel because we don't know anything, <laughs> let's move on to stuff we can talk Sounds about. Great. You want to do the list? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, hey, guys, we're moving on to the top five list. We got a suggestion recently (laughs) that we need to have some sort of a musical interlude between the news and the list. Yeah. It's a great idea, and it's something we actually originally talked about before this whole podcast even started. But we want to baby step into this, and we want to make this a professional podcast. And we, you know, I found out there's guys creating podcasts where they're sitting around their iPhone in their living room and just talking to an iPhone yeah. and we're trying to be professional about having an actual mic in the room and you exactly. Know. So we're, uh, we're trying to make this good and do it the best we can. And as far as unprofessional as we are, we're trying to be as professional as possible, not knowing <laughs> how this medium works. So, and I have no problem saying anything like that because <laughs> I think for what we're doing and the small listening audience we have right now that I know is growing I, I think we're doing a really cool job right now. So, yeah. you know, I'd like to give myself a pat on the back. And be like, hey, we're actually making a thing and it's cool and people seem to like it. So, But with that said, we are happy to have 
anyone listening along for the ride and any suggestions or ideas you have feel free to shoot our way because yeah yeah we we love the interactivity and we want to put out the best show we can for you right so So we might have a musical interlude before the top five list anyway so (laughs) um since we don't have one we're just going to move right into it sounds great peter this was your pick so introduce the list yeah so uh last week we did uh top five of 2003 and one of the movies in 2003 was house of the dead Never seen it. I've heard it was horrible, but it just reminded me it'd be fun to do a top five video game movie list. So I know video game movies don't have the best track record, but I still think they're fun to talk about. So so there you go. And you just mentioned the House of the Dead. You heard was horrible. I saw House of the Dead. It is not good. I know we try not to be negative and when we want to try and be positive on this show, but I do think at some point we, for fun, need to do a top five worst films or least favorite films or something yeah. like that like you know let's do we should probably try and do a bad category we could at do some like point a, i like the best worst films like the movies that are really bad but they're really fun to watch like oh uh, sure like we've talked about superman 4 a couple times and in certain ways that movies kind of fits that mold a little bit you know? i don't so, uh, i feel like i'm in the minority here because i enjoy superman 4 I think always have structurally I think it's a good story and it's like it's fun to watch and stuff but I just think there's a lot of choices in it that are kind of given granted there's definitely some stuff that's in that movie that's not good (laughs) yeah exactly but I think as you know I overall I agree that's one as a kid that I watched a lot and I think one of the reasons I watched it a lot is because there's an actual supervillain that is can stand Mm. toe to toe with Superman in a fight yeah so but another example maybe without uh slandering superman 4 is like troll 2 i don't know if you've ever seen that but yes really bad movie but amazingly entertaining and really fun to watch right. so all right well let's talk video game movies sounds um, great do i gotta go first since it was your pick i guess so yeah do you all have right. any honorable mentions i have one honorable mention okay i uh i did my best to try and stay to theatrical releases yeah because with video games with the weird I think mine are all theatrical as well. Well, with the weird idea of you have, if you add non-theatrical releases and you have straight-to-DVD stuff, it opens the window to so many movies that you didn't realize were there. (laughs) Yeah. But this one actually, I'm not sure. This one might have gotten a theatrical release. Okay. Um, And the reason I say that is because Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad did a voice, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones did a voice, Sean Bean from Lord Mm -hmm. of the Rings, he did a voice of the... So it's an animated one, but it's one of those computer generated, like a CGI animated film. Right. It's uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen Kingsglaive. Kingsglaive, okay. I've um, never heard. I've never seen this. I heard it's kind of a prequel to Final Fantasy. 15. It is, and if you don't know Final Fantasy, the games whether you, whether it's one, two, six, twelve, it doesn't matter. They're all different stories. It's not like you have to play one to fifteen. So I didn't play all Final Fantasy, all fifteen Final Fantasies. I kind of picked and choose the one that caught my attention. I played that one, and then, you know, you kind of bounce Right. Away. The movie, visually, is so stunning, and, like, the story behind it's really cool, and then you finish the movie, and then you go right into the video game, and it's just, it's, like, seamless. Nice. It just, it's, it's really, really good. It's such a fun adventure. Even if you don't play the video game, the movie itself is so solid, and you don't need to go anything going in. You can just sit down and watch it and enjoy this fun story and very action-packed. And Nice. You know, so I wanted to bring it up. It's kind of a cheat because I don't know if it had a theatrical release. 
that's the only reason it didn't make my like an actual <laughs> my five. It's that so. good then. That's awesome. Yeah. It's um I mean it is an honorable mention, so at least as far as I'm concerned, I'm cool with honorable mentions <laughs> being anything goes <laughs> to an extent. But all yeah. right. Um I guess I can move on to mine if uh you didn't have anything more to say. No, I yeah, no, go ahead. That's it's just a really fun movie and if you if you like Final Fantasy I highly recommend watching it. Okay, so. nice. So I have actually kind of a slew of honorable mentions. The first one I want, and I you know you're because, only allowed two. Yes, right? yes. So okay. you've brought up a cheat one before, so I thought I wanted to throw a cheat one out this time. So this is my cheat slash unofficial video game movie. All right. <laughs> so this all this is just kind of a funny story that I uh, encountered when at an old job I worked, where I worked in the back room of a retail uh, store. And I was talking to some guys back there, and we were talking about video game movies, and uh, we were talking about like what you could do with certain games to turn turn them into the movie. And uh, the the conversation, of course, eventually led to Pac Man, and we're like, "How the heck would you do a Pac Man movie?" So we talked about it for a bit, and I kept and I, I know kept, where this is going. Go ahead. <clears throat> do you? I think so. Go okay. ahead. So um, I kept thinking about this, and. Uh, my mind always like wants to take like I always like the idea of taking Pac-Man to like a really realistic dark like horror approach with like some guy being chased by like these vicious ghosts around the maze and just like halfway through the work I just kind of spoke up and I was like you know what movie's a lot like Pac-Man 13 ghosts <laughs> so I don't know if you've seen 13 ghosts but it's literally no. this group of people are in uh this mansion that was uh, this guy used to live in and uh, the mansion was haunted by 13 ghosts and he built kind of this maze of glass walkways around the mansion and on the glass he had uh, spells written on all the glass like doors and walkways and stuff so the ghosts couldn't pass through the spells so you kind of have to stay in the parts of the maze to not get it like that are blocked by glass you know? and not get attacked by ghosts. So it's literally <laughs> these people walking this... through this maze being chased by ghosts. I'm like, that's the closest thing to a Pac-Man movie that will ever exist. This makes so. me wonder if Pac-Man was the full inspiration to that movie. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's like a weird coincidence, but I just always thought that was hilarious. So I wanted to bring it up. Uh, all right. So <laughs> I kind of so. I'm curious where you thought it was heading. To be honest, I thought you were going to bring up Pixels. Oh, okay. Because they actually no, have yeah. a, they actually have a full yeah, Pac-Man sequence in the movie. Right. So that's what I thought you were going to bring up, and maybe the Pac-Man like <laughs> Easter egg in Guardians of the Galaxy. But oh, okay, right. You know, they uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, what do you got for honorable? Do you have? Yeah, I have two more as well. Okay. So um, I'll try to go through them. I quick. did write down thirteen ghosts. Okay. So I have a. So if you're playing the home game and listening to us, I keep a spreadsheet of everything we listed, so we can go back and reference if we ever right. have to go back and right. revisit a list. So, um, okay. So my first honorable mention, um, I actually mentioned on our first podcast episode, and that's Rampage. I just thought it was a really fun movie this summer. Um, I'm really curious. Because you mentioned that at the beginning of the year, of yes. the, the very first episode of the podcast, you mentioned how much you liked Rampage. I was expecting it to make your top five because of how okay. you gushed over the movie. Well, I think so. at the time, I think it was I hadn't seen a lot of the movies in 2018, so I don't know if it'll actually make my end of the year list this time, but I think I, I enjoyed it enough for an honorable mention. I actually sure. had my list... And it was between Rampage and Super Mario Brothers for what which one is going to make that honorable mention spot. And uh, Rampage just beat him out. So I think 
I think Rampage might have been more well thought through or just better special effects in action. I'm not really <laughs> sure, but All right. they both have giant lizards <laughs> killing people. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, my next honorable mention is Resident Evil Apocalypse. Uh, that is the second Resident Evil movie in the uh, Paul W.S. Anderson film series. Uh, this movie... Um, We'll probably talk about Resident Evil more as this list goes on, but this movie... We will be talking more Resident yes. Evil as this goes on. This so. movie, out of all of them, I take the least seriously, but I think it's just good, campy, zombie fun. Like, this one has the most ridiculous action and the most camp in it. Um, there's a scene where the crew walks through a cemetery and zombies start crawling out of the Which, graves and they fight the zombies off and there's badass new metal playing in the background and that's and that's actually campy because i think that's the one part that i was like didn't buy <laughs> right right of, on, of, yeah. of the whole movie like there's some weird stuff that goes on in the resident evil franchise as a whole and sometimes the story gets very convoluted and it's very hard to keep track of sometimes yeah but that was the one thing that i was like I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And that's like, it doesn't, that's the thing about that scene is it doesn't necessarily work in the film or the series of fil films, but it's also just a really cool sequence. <laughs> so right. like, and there's like parts in the movie where, uh, I think Alvis like crashes through this huge cathedral window on a motorcycle and that's awesome too. So it's just like a lot of just that cab campy fun yeah. sort of stuff. So that's yeah. why I picked that one. All right. Great. Right. So well, that brings me to my first actual pick of the evening. Unless you have any more to say about that. No, I'm no, good. Okay. Yeah. So my first actual pick of the evening is I will... I'm trying to decide which one to talk about first. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mortal Kombat, the first one. Okay. Cool. Okay. So Mortal Kombat... I, I matched this, by the way. You did? Um, yeah. All right. So, so cool. We'll, we'll make sure we type <laughs> that in. So we'll chat about Mortal Kombat a little bit. Yeah. Mortal Kombat... For me, is my favorite of all the fighting games. Not Mortal Kombat One, but Mortal Kombat the franchise in yeah. terms of the fighting games. When that game came out, Mom and Dad would not let me play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> they they did not like the idea of Mortal Kombat. They didn't like the title. They realized like this is not a good thing for you to be playing in that conservative sense. So I know they're probably listening to this, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, they wouldn't let me play. But you know what happens when you tell your kids they can't do something? They want to go do it. So. But what really gravitated my attention towards Mortal Kombat over all the other fighting games was the lore. Was the, you know, the attention to create the story behind what's actually going on in the game. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a glorified martial arts tournament, but, like, every character had a legitimate story that, for some reason, like, really spoke to me. And yeah. I did actually a lot of reading at the time of all the like backgrounds of the characters and so on and I got really into the like the lore behind it yeah and the mythos so and then I thought the movie as there's parts of the movie that can be really campy but for what they were trying to do they really were like we got to make it the video game like yeah. we have to make it the game we have to have everything look the way it looks on the game we can't pull punches and not mm -hmm. give them what they know yeah. you know the very first X-Men movie they didn't put them in the comic-accurate costumes because they didn't know if anyone would buy it. Mm -hmm. And they make a verbal joke about it yeah. in the movie. And then you watch the Mortal Kombat movie, and no, they basically made everyone look exactly the way they look in the video game, and they didn't care if anyone bought it because they felt like they had to deliver <laughs> They had to deliver the product as is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's for sure. That I would agree with that. I think... Um 
in a way, like uh, Mortal Kombat's kind of like really, it's like this super edgy kids movie, but it's not because it's just too mature to I be assume targeted towards Mortal kids. Mortal Kombat 1 is the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, okay. the first one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, this one is actually on Netflix, so while preparing my list, I actually rewatched it the other night. And um, I mean, I was really kind of, the sets in this movie are pretty extensive. Like, they're not... Um, they didn't, they spent some money on this movie. Yeah, they, they like, there's all these sculpted statues, like, everywhere, and they're pretty detailed sets. And then, like you said, the costumes are awesome, and... Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the old uh, Street Fighter movie, but yeah. one of the biggest complaints with that one is that it's kind of boring. And like Mortal Kombat, I feel like it's almost more fighting than dialogue through the whole film. Like, I, it's almost I don't think I was scenes. ever bored watching yeah. the Mortal Kombat movie. Even exactly. the sequel, which is not good yeah. in terms of trying to be positive, <laughs> that sequel, like that's, that's a hard sit. Mm-hmm. But... It, either way, I don't think I was ever bored through either one of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one choice that, as I've grown older, there's one choice in the in Mortal Kombat that I think is so weird, and it's they have Goro in the movie, and Goro is like this guy in a full animatronic suit with an animatronic face and everything. And I, I every time I see that, I'm like. Why didn't they just get a big guy and connect like two animatronic arms to his side and just <laughs> right. that'd be so much easier? But at the same time, I love that sort of Ninja Turtles movie esque right. uh, animatronic weird look, and I love that Goro has that. So right. well, I had heard that they were. I know they did a uh, streaming. Uh, I don't know if it was a YouTube web series or yeah, whatever, Mortal Kombat, which was really good. Like that was solid. Yeah. Uh, I heard that they were still trying to get a new Mortal Kombat reboot off the ground. Exactly. I don't know what's going on with that. So Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, the stories there and the characters are there. So if they can pull it off, I mean, why not? You could make it. It's something that could both be kind of like campy, like the original one, or it could be really like serious and really cool. So Yeah. Well, uh, well let's move to my number four. All right. Uh, since we matched Mortal Kombat. So my number four is Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Okay, nice. This one actually got a theatrical release. I know it was select theaters, but it still got a theatrical mm-hmm. release. If This brings me back to the I love Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy Advent Children I watched a lot. This came down to rewatchability for me. Um, not only do I like the characters, do I like the story, the visuals are astounding, but... This was a movie that I put on for background noise a lot. Like, I would just turn it on on the TV, and I'd be doing stuff around the house, and I'd stop, and I'd watch a sequence, yeah. and there's and there were things that I would... And every time I watched the movie, it was like... Like, when I watched Star Wars, I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Mm-hmm. The, and that's... I know that's just... I know that's the Star <laughs> Wars fan joke. We've seen Star Wars 500 times. But yeah. that means I've seen each one of the Star Wars films countless times... And every time I watch them, it doesn't matter which Star Wars I'm watching, I will always see something new that I never saw before. Mm -hmm. And with this movie, I felt like that was the case. Every time I sat down to watch it. That's awesome. There was something new that I saw, which just blew my mind. And sometimes it was just a character beat. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it was really minor. and It was just a moment of two characters talking. And I'm like, oh, that scene makes so much more sense now because I was thinking in a different way. So, yeah, so... Um, so this movie, um, I've seen and I actually really like, I, um, 
haven't played Final Fantasy VII, so I think I was less familiar with kind of the story and the characters when I I'm did not see entirely it. So. Sure. I'm not even entirely sure if you needed to see, play the game to right. understand. I, I felt like there are some things I was missing out on, but overall, you're right. You can enjoy the movie. They did a really nice job of uh, covering... Like because there's a beginning narration, the beginning of the movie, yeah. they do a really nice job of covering what happened in the game okay. in an overall sense, and it well yeah in a general sense like what went on yeah you know for you to understand who Sephiroth is, for you to understand who Cloud is and the soldiers <laughs> are and you know that kind of thing. So yeah, um, I mean I was familiar with some of the characters just through the Kingdom Hearts games though at the time. Oh um, sure, especially Sephiroth. But uh, speaking of Kingdom Hearts. The new game comes out in January, and I am so excited. <laughs> I know awesome. that was a tangent, but I'm oh, no, so excited for Kingdom Hearts to come out in January. Go ahead. Um, oh, but what I was going to say is, like, I also just really love the action in this movie. Like, I the sword fighting and stuff in it is so imaginative, and the characters are, like, running up walls and buildings, and it just well, looks so, like, interesting. And that's one of the cool scenes, things about so. the Final Fantasy movies is when they do the crazy off-the-wall, like, magic stuff... I know a lot of people think to themselves, well, that's not physically possible, <laughs> but this is one of those things where the movie is called Final Fantasy. Yeah. Just take it for what it is and don't try and read anything more. Enjoy the... The, the sword fighting in these movies is astounding. Yeah. Just take it for what it is. Exactly. And go, that was a cool sequence and that was cool looking and... That, yeah. There's no... Like, Cloud Sword, I actually... I was at a Comic-Con... And there was, like, this weapon booth where you could basically buy replica weapons. And yeah. they had Cloud's Buster Sword on the table. And I asked the guy if I could try... I'm like, do you mind if I pick it up? He's like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I could barely lift it. Like, physically, there's yeah. no one in the world who should be able to wield that sword. But it looks so awesome when he <laughs> does. So. Well, I, I love that stuff because it, uh, it romanticizes the idea. It's not necessarily about could this physically happen. It's like the idea that somebody could wield this sword. It's just such a cool concept. And it's, it like adds that, to the I fantasy like that you and the used, myth of it. I like that you use the word romanticized yeah. because it makes it makes it a fairy tale. Exactly. More than, more than anything, it makes it a fairy tale. When you think of legends and myth and stuff and you have to tell these stories, when you give it that exaggeration. Yeah. So, And that's, like, that's why I love this movie. It's why I like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, just... Stuff with imaginative fight scenes are really awesome in my book. So, right. yeah, I think it's definitely a good choice. Cool. So All right, what's your num- What's your next pick? Yeah, so where should I go? Um, I'll get this one over with. Uh, I mentioned this one at the first episode, but the 2018 Tomb Raider, I love that movie. I think it's really All right. good. I wanted to put it on my list. So um, I don't know if there's much to say about it dif- more than what I said before, but, um, yeah, I mean... Did this make your list or any thoughts? This or? did, so that I will oh, nice. jump uh, Tomb Raider. I was going to try and save this. So okay. I never actually, like, rank, like, I know I said when we do a year we rank the lists. Okay. But I always try and save my favorites on the list to talk about last. Yeah. <laughs> so I was actually going to save this for farther okay. down the line, but we'll talk about I, it now I, since you brought it when up. I cu- when I curated my list, I was like, I'm going to put this early because everybody's heard me gush about this movie already, so maybe that'd be, it'd be boring. So. But no, yeah, yeah we, I mean, we talked about it early in the first episode, mm-hmm. but it's it's such a fun movie, and it's very... Like, I never really liked the Tomb Raiders with, um, why am I blanking on her name? Angelina Jolie. Yes, I never really liked those Tomb Raiders. I mean, mm-hmm. 
if you played the video games and then you watched the movie, you're like, oh, well, that's Tomb Raider. But it was that weird, there was a camp to it. It's almost like they didn't want to take it, it's, it's like they didn't want to take the source material seriously. Yeah, I kind of feel like those are like, Sleeker and higher budget than they yeah. needed to be. Too. Way, way higher budget than they needed to be. Where like, this movie was like, we're gonna take this hyper serious, mm-hmm. and it's going because Lara Croft in the Tomb Raider series basically is the female Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the best way to describe what Tomb Raider is, and. But this movie, as a like, because the Angelina Jolie movies were just fun and excitement. Not only was this new one fun and exciting, it was intense. Yeah. Like, you were, like, I was on the edge of my seat through a lot of it. You're just like, how much can this girl endure? But Alicia Vikander is amazing. And when I heard she got cast as Lara Croft, I'm like, that's um, that's that's one of the best things I've ever heard of. <laughs> like, that's the best casting I've ever heard in a long yeah. time. Let's do this. And I was excited for her all along. And then they released a photo of her like all beaten and she's holding the bow and arrow and I'm like this looks great I can't wait for this movie yeah. so yeah for sure um, I, I don't know what else to yeah, say yeah, no, we could yeah, praise this great. movie we talked yeah. about it before <laughs> we have a 2018 list a final of the yeah. year 2018 list coming we'll, ha- we'll be talking about that so <laughs> Tomb Raider could probably come up again who knows exactly alright um, so what's, I guess that takes what, me to my next that one that takes you to yeah. next one yeah my next one is Doom um, Doom with, yes oh around, yeah yes. so um this movie is with, uh, with The Rock. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban, yeah, exactly. Uh, Rosemond Pike is in this as well. Who's that? Uh, did you see the movie Gone Girl with Ben Affleck? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rosemond Pike is in this. So this one, uh, I actually watched uh, this past week to revisit because it's on Netflix as well. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, convenience. I'll rewatch this. Uh, but this movie is interesting because I think when you watch it, it's like a decent. Uh, sci-fi movie about kind of like the horrors of uh, genetic experimentation and stuff. But it has nothing to do with the original story of Doom, which I think Absolutely. is why a lot of people didn't like it. Um, that bugged the crap out of me when yeah. I was watching when I was watching the movie originally, because I went to the theater to see this. I remember seeing this in the theater. That bothered me that it wasn't yeah. like the original story. They did incorporate a lot of the original stuff into the story, into the movie, which is yeah, great. A lot of the weapons and but even the, creatures the too. The part but. of the movie that bothered me the most was the first person sequence. Really? Okay, because that, that's usually people's that favorite part. Really bothered okay. me because I mean, so if you've never played Doom, and I know there's probably people out there that have not played this video game, it's the whole game is first person. It's one of the first first person shooter games. So you only have the view of the gun and then everything that comes at you, you're just kind of shooting the things as you go. It's a shooter. So when I saw this, the trailer for the movie, I was excited, but then when they got to that, I was like, I really don't want to see a first, I don't want to see yeah. something that I've played. Like I was, that really bugged me for some reason, <laughs> and that really took me out of the movie. Okay, so I, I'm personally a fan of the first person sequence. I think it's pretty awesome, but it's like if it was any longer, it would just be it would get old super fast. Right. But it's like I think that's like one of the more enjoyable parts of the movie. But I think it's just a preference thing. But uh, I think I think my problem was that when I play the game, you are you in the game. Yeah. So it's you playing as the character. So when you play any video game, you put yourself in the shoes of that character mm-hmm. and play through. So 
I know what the first person view looks like, but I'm watching a character's <laughs> perspective, and I'm not in right. control. And I think it, bo- I think it really just bothered <laughs> Have me. Have you watched like, uh, Hardcore Henry at all? Not yet. Okay, I, I haven't seen that one yet. Here's the, th- but Hardcore Henry is a, there's a specific. So Hardcore Henry, if anyone doesn't, as if you haven't seen the trailer, at the very least, you should. <laughs> Pull up. You should stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast. Go look up the trailer for Hardcore Henry, and then come back to the podcast and listen to what I'm about to say because this is really interesting. Someone basically shot a movie with a GoPro camera, and they shot an action film with it. So when you see the gun like shooting someone, it's from the GoPro's perspective. So it's your perspective of the movie. So mm-hmm. everything is shot with your perspective. So everything's in first person. Yeah. When I saw the trailer, I was like, well, that could be kind of dizzying, but at the same time, I'm like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. Like these, they went, they basically went out with no adult supervision and shot a movie <laughs> with a GoPro and it yeah. looks really cool. The whole thing is first person, so I don't think that'll bother me. And I think you know re- it's a stylistic choice I kn- going I in. I know it's the choice yeah. going in. Because there's a first person aspect in Doom that kind of just randomly appears... It's basically a nod to the video game. It took me out of the story <laughs> because that's the video game, not the movie. Exactly. There is... Have you seen Alien Covenant? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen okay, that. they do a first-person perspective of the alien's view at one point in the movie for, like, the briefest okay. moment. And I didn't like that part either because it was not needed. <laughs> I'd, rather would, I'd rather would have seen the alien yeah. walking down the hall looking around corners than It's seeing. such a funny trope that was... Uh, <laughs> it was so mind-blowing in the original Predator when it's like, oh, you get to see what the Predator sees or in Tremors when you're like, oh, oh the yeah. Tremors see heat. But uh, when they do it in newer movies, it's just so weird. Like, right. uh, it's just, to the point of, if you've seen... Uh, snakes on a plane when you see the green snake vision it just when i saw I that, the first time, that was... <laughs> i cracked up so hard at that because i was like they're actually doing that again that's hilarious i completely forgot yeah. that was in the movie but that movie was just bonkers <laughs> to begin with yeah that, that's a fun just bizarre yeah. movie um but going back to doom uh the other thing i'd want to say is the story of the Doom video games is so cool. Like, I don't know why they even had to change it. It's so weird because, like, you're a Marine who got imprisoned on Mars because you didn't want to, like, kill an innocent person or something like that. And you're forced to help with, like, interdimensionary uh, travel, like, help these scientists work on it. And then they open up this, like, portal to hell, essentially, and then you have to fight all these demons. One of the coolest story ideas I've ever heard. I don't right. know why. Why do you even divert from that? You know, right. it's just weird. I know. So. I know. I think it's a studio stepping in, going, <laughs> "People aren't going to buy this." Yeah, but so. I mean, for me, with that being said, I just thought overall it's a decent sci-fi movie. It's a good action movie. It's just changed from the plot a little too much. So, uh, what's your next one, Andy? All right. So my next one is. Hang on. Let me just do a quick check. We've talked about that one, that one, and that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Resident Evil number one. Okay, nice. Yeah, so the first of the Resident Evil series. I matched this one as well. Sweet. (laughs) So we said we were going to talk Resident Evil before. If you like horror movies and if you like zombie movies, this movie is great. The game is is one of the scariest video games I've ever played. In terms of horror, like... When you put yourself into the shoes of a character and you get to play as the character, and that's one of the brilliance about video games is any of the newer video games, 
you're really in it. Yeah. And there's only a handful of games where like you're like, oh, I'm going to play it in the dark so I can see everything really clear. And then I'm going to play. I'm going to have headphones on so the sound's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you have to turn off the game 10 minutes later because you're terrified. <laughs> yeah. That was how this game was for me. It's just so walking into this movie, I knew it was a, basically a zombie thing. It's a zombie story that they gave an explanation to. Yeah. And that's something that was really cool. Like, most zombie stuff, they don't explain where the zombies came from. This, they tried to because, you know, of the corporate the corporate doing some genetic experimentation and it was a fluke. Yeah. So, um, but no, this is a, gr- I, this is a great, if, just stand alone. If you, this is the only Resident Evil movie you watch in the series, it's awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. I think it's a really good, um, it does really good with balancing the sci-fi action aspects and the horror aspects where they do throw in some uh, jump scares and stuff, and then they do have some good gory scenes, um, a lot of really awesome action scenes. Um, and the whole movie, I kind of like how the uh, liquor, who's like the big kind of boss monster of the whole thing, is kind of built up like that. Like, there's a boss monster to this movie, so it kind of feels video game-esque. Um, but yeah, I just think this is another one where most people's complaints about it is just that it diverts from the source material. But with that being said, just looking at it as a movie on its own, it's definitely one of my favorite video game yeah, films. Yeah, it's, so. it's great. And I could be praising it for a while, but we could... Yeah, I also this really might come like, up later when we do horror movies. So you know, well, Halloween's One of coming, my favorite so. aspects to it, too, is how um, Alice is the main character and... Uh, when you first meet her in the film, she wakes up um, after passing out in this mansion she lives in, and she has temporary amnesia. So she doesn't remember, she has no idea what's going on and doesn't remember even who she is. And having that as kind of a mystery interwoven through the film, to me, was kind of a cool choice. Well, yeah, because like, as she learns stuff, so do you. And she, exactly. becomes, she becomes your eyes in the movie. Mm-hmm. With that being said, because you just brought up a point here, if you played the video game and watched the movie, yeah. it's different. It's very different from the first video game. And it's only because, and I saw an interview with the director where he was talking about how if I make this movie exactly like the video game, then the fans of the mo- video game are not going to be scared watching the movie. Okay. So I have to make it different enough to where they're going to be excited to know where the story's going, even though it's familiar territory to them. Okay. So it's kind of like me with the comic book movies right now. I've read these comic books. It's familiar territory, but they've made enough changes to where I'm along on the ride with everybody else. Exactly, yeah. So I like that. Where I'd be like, oh, we're really going here. Well. Sweet. You know, <laughs> yeah. when I watch, um, when I watch like the CW shows like Supergirl and whatnot when they bring in a villain and I'm like oh they're really gonna do this awesome it's going to be different and I know that yeah but it's familiar territory that got me the reader excited to see what they're gonna do and unfortunately there's some people who just aren't gonna be happy unless it's exactly the same which is the I know sad part about I know (laughs) (laughs) I know all right so we're down to our last picks yep so mine is Need for Speed. <laughs> nice. Okay. This is I actually, have not seen this. If one, I had actually. to rank this list, this yeah. may actually be my favorite video game movie good? of all time. It's phenomenal. Cool. Okay. And I feel like it got a really bad rap. Yeah. Per se, Need for Speed is a racing game, a la like a Fast and the Furious style racing game. Here's the catch: we have all these Fast and the Furious movies. And then they decided to do a Need for Speed film, which, because of the 
success of the uh, Fast and the Furious movies, I think nobody went and saw. Yeah, Need I for feel Speed. like Need for Speed wasn't marketed well. It just kind of happened, and it, nobody. It paid really attention. wasn't. It really wasn't. But here, okay, so you have Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. You have Dakota Johnson. You have uh, Rami Malek from Mr. Robot. You have Imogen Poots in the movie. Like the cast is amazing. Yeah. Okay, and then throw in there's a cast member in here. I'm gonna spoil this because I didn't catch it right away. Michael Keaton's in the movie. Okay, <laughs> nice. and you think how do you get Michael Keaton in this? He has the coolest. Michael Keaton, by the way, is a podcaster in the movie. <laughs> but what's really cool about the movie is they created a story. That not only is genuine to the video game itself. I mean, the video game is a racing game. How do you turn that into a movie? It's a story that's realistic. Like, Fast and the Furious has gotten really fantasy-esque right now. Like, if you watch those movies, like, they're good. They're exciting car chases and stuff. But they're very fantasy. They're like, uh, they've gotten to the point of uh, the James Bond movies pre- Daniel Craig when it was yeah, like Pierce they, Brosnan like they've gotten, skydiving onto a surfboard and then going into the bad guy's base and blowing right, it up. Right, they've gotten kind of they've gotten kind of silly. Yeah. So Need for Speed is a very realistic story. Yeah. You understand the characters, you understand their motivations, and on top of that, you are invested in the story. It's a really it's really solid writing and the acting is great. There's these fun moments but at the same time, you're so, like, pulling for the characters to, like, get to the end, you know? And I don't want to say it's, like, a one giant... It's not one giant race. <laughs> right. On. But it's such an important piece. And then the soundtrack is astounding. Like, I can't... I honestly... I feel like this movie was very underplayed. And there's not... It didn't get enough credit. It didn't get enough praise. Not enough attention. Since you said you haven't seen it, I highly recommend yeah, I mean, trying to find it. You're kind of selling me on it. I and just, I and that's the thing. Like I said before, I do not want to oversell movies. Oh, I no, don't want someone good, to go, "Wow, <laughs> Drew liked this. This sucked." Yeah, I don't want that to happen. This is Need for Speed is great. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. It's just uh, I was with the collective masses who just kind of missed it when it came out. But uh, that is exactly yeah. how I. That's how. The, that's exactly what happened to me. And the only reason I caught it is because it showed up on Showtime one time. Okay. One night, and I was like, "Oh, Need for Speed's on." I never watched it. <laughs> Flipped it on, and nice. I was sucked in from the beginning. And I'm like, "This is amazing!" And then all the way to the end, it was just fantastic. Cool. And it's actually one that. I feel like it's mildly predictable. Okay. Because it's a racing movie, but it is not predictable. Okay. And like I said, you're just invested in the story. You're invested in the love interest. You're invested in they did it the, the writers did such a good job with that with what they had to work with for source material to create this thing. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Paul, everyone knows he's a good actor. If you saw Breaking Bad, he's awesome. If you've seen some of the other stuff he's done, he's great. He was fantastic. So awesome, yeah, sweet. What's your final pick? Okay, so the final one on my list was uh, Silent Hill, actually. So have oh, you seen? Yes, Silent I Hill? have. Okay, so I like this. I'm a pretty big uh, horror fan, I guess you could say. Um, I like the so Resident Evil, like the first movie, kind of tried to balance the action and horror, and I think Silent Hill goes more for like a uh, traditional horror film. Um, a, in this movie, I really love the imagery. I think um, besides, like, the obvious characters, like Pyramid Head or the nurses, I think some of the just weird side kind of 
ghouls and stuff that you see in this film are pretty cool. I always um, wanted to do Pyramid Head as a cosplay, like, yeah. a, like a Halloween costume. I always wanted to do that. Yeah, that's a pretty classic one. You have to be comfortable with uh, walking around shirtless, but uh, right. if you are, like it's all, <laughs> Pyramid Head is so cool. Like It's such a good striking character design like i always get excited when i see anybody dressed up as him so um but uh yeah this one has another like pretty good uh mystery to it as well um they really they also in silent hill they did a nice i didn't it's a horror movie but i didn't find it very scary yeah so much as i found it sad yeah that's you true. know like did you ever see house of wax the remake yeah um, I, I mean, there's some scare moments in it, but for the most part, it was, I found it to be sad. Right, right. Yeah. Cause I, I know exactly what you mean. And this one, it definitely does have like a lot more of a dismal mood to it. So maybe it's not necessarily the video game movie for everyone. And it's not like you watch it and you're not pumped up after watching sure, it. But, but they did, they, they basically said, we have a source material mm-hmm. and we're going to follow the source material and we're going to make the movie look like the game. Yeah. And we're going to make people feel that they're in the game while they watch this movie. And that's the thing is I know um, so that in the game, like there's like a uh, cult that's closely connected to Silent Hill and the kind of like motivations for the cult are kind of changed a lot in the movie. But I think overall the feel that they kind of went for maybe captured the game more than a lot of other video game movies. Um yeah, I mean, that That being said, I think it's maybe not as scary as the games. But, uh, yeah, I just think overall I think it's a decent, pretty decent yeah. watch. And uh, Visually it was great. Last, um, The other thing I can say is the music I thought was really good in this I movie. I actually too. don't remember the so, music. I'm one of those – I always pay real close attention to the score when I – Yeah. I'm one of those people who likes – I would prefer to listen to a film score in the car than most other yeah. music. And I get really irritated with the radio and I throw on John Williams and listen to Star Wars. Yeah, but I like film scores a lot, and I usually like like the Transformers score is amazing. Like whether whether you liked or disliked those movies, you cannot deny how amazing that score is. So oh, when I sure. finished watching those movies, I was like, I got to go get this <laughs> score, and I went and yeah. bought that. So I, I that happens to me sometimes. I don't really remember the score for Silent so, Hill. Um, I think Silent Hill might follow a trend that a lot of horror movies do, where they kind of have more of a industrial like sound effect inspired okay that uh, might be why it didn't sit with me but in a lot of the more pensive like mysterious scenes they have this uh really infectious like piano riff playing that kind of just has that really cool like moody like puzzle sort of mood to it and that's kind of like this musical motif through the movie that i personally enjoyed a lot so I, I wouldn't necessarily say run out of buy the soundtrack, but next time you catch the movie, you know, just pay attention to the music in it as also. Well, yeah. I if I the next time Silent Hill comes up as a watch for me, because <laughs> that's not one of those movies that I sit and rewatch because sun look, Sunday morning I got up and I thought to myself, I'm gonna watch Ready Player One again. <laughs> right on, right so, on. So that Silent Hill is not one that I would wake up on a Sunday morning and go, mm, I'm gonna watch some Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. So it, I think it is a bit of a downer, but I do love those like the visuals of like Pyramid Head running around and stuff. Um, all this being said, have you seen the Silent Hill sequel? No. Reserv- Revelations. I wouldn't recommend it. I didn't like that oh, one too much. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and right. um, it's one spoilers. It's one of the few movies I've seen where the. Uh, main enemy was defeated by hugging them so i'll just leave it at that 
Oh, <laughs> awesome! Yeah, there is awesome. a cool, there is a really cool uh, fight scene between uh, Pyramid Head and some other crazy-looking monster, but that's about it. Otherwise, it wasn't that good. So, all right. Well, uh, I think we did it. Yeah, we did. I think another episode in the can. We had a double digits. This was episode ten. So Ooh. sweet. This mm-hmm. podcast is cruising along. So. We're going to move on to next week. Uh, do you want to know what I'm picking? Yeah. All right. So I stumbled on this and I was like, ooh, this could be a fun one. Okay. So we're going to do our top five favorite road trip movies. Oh, fun. Okay. Now, when I say road trip, you just have to get from one point to another. Like, I could probably think of like five road trip movies right now, but we'll save it for next week. Okay. Um, and it just, just in the destination aspect, uh, I'm not thinking like... Um, I'm not thinking, oh, hey, they did this, and then they drove two blocks, and it's got to be the adventure. Okay. You know, like, Fanboys is a great example of a road trip movie. Yeah. Or um, uh, Rat Race is a good example of a road trip movie. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying these movies are going to make a list. I'm just (laughs) saying that I'm just trying to throw out adventure. Like, Cannonball Run, I'd probably count. Um, But it sounds like you're pretty open if I come up with a non-conventional road trip movie, but I can sell my point. Like, it might work Sure. Okay. Sure. But, like, road trip. That's yeah. a, that's an actual movie. So road trip <laughs> yeah. or Euro trip or like there's yeah. there's movies like RV with Robin Williams. I doubt that's going to make either one of our lists. But for example, that's a road trip movie. I just thought it'd be kind of fun because they're they're I mean they're primarily comedies. They're goofy. They're usually pretty fun. There's some serious ones out there, but you okay. know, so yeah, cool. Yeah, let's do road trip movies next week. So for now, since we're uh, closing out, if you guys want to interact with the show and shoot us an email, hit us up at top 5 at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at Top5Report. Follow us on Twitter at Top5Report. And um, is there anything else I'm missing? Uh, I think that's about it. All right. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Drew3927. And the same as Instagram, Drew3927. I'm a little more active on Twitter than Instagram. So, Pierre, Um, do you have anything? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. And that's where I'm most active. I found you're a lot more active than I am. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, he's tweeting a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, uh, for the Top 5 Report, I am Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.